Thank you, Joe and Liz. Uh, we're going to keep our Bibles open to uh, 1 Peter 4. That's where we're going to be spending our time, uh, particularly from verse 7 onwards. Uh, why don't I pray that God would help us to not only understand but desire to um, live out um, what he tells us to do in his word. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you uh, show yourself to us by your word. And Lord, as we hear from it this morning, we do pray that you would work by your spirit to show us what it is that you desire of us and that you would give us grace in order to do it. We pray this for the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Well, whenever I think about hospitality, uh, I'm always drawn back to an incident uh, when I was 12. Um, uh, it was one of the days after school and I was going to be hanging out with one of my good friends. Um, so we were about to walk home to his place and then um, a girl uh, came up to us. Now, my friend was good friends with her. I was not good friends with her for whatever reason. I believe she was too cool for me. Um, and she asked my friend, she said, would you like to come over tonight, um, you know, for a party or a social gathering we're having? Uh, and she said this in front of me and my friend was like, oh, well, actually, I'm hanging out uh, with Eddie. And uh, what ensued was the um, longest, most awkward pause, perhaps, of my, of my childhood. And then she said, all right, I guess you can come. Um, so, look, that was not a nice photo extended pity invite. And so I went along and, uh, look, it was a pretty cold place to be uh, with all these people. Uh, my presence was an intrusion. I felt like I didn't belong there. Now, thankfully, I can think of many more happy times uh, with friends and occasions of hospitality, but perhaps you have had similar experiences. Um, you probably have of positive times in groups or maybe not so positive times. And so when we speak of hospitality, um, I wonder what that evokes in you. Maybe some of us, we, we feel like, yeah, I love hospitality. You know, I know what that is. You know, we, we love having people over. We want to cook up a storm. Uh, we're just extroverts and want to socialise and get to know others. For others, maybe the idea or the word hospitality can seem ugh, daunting, tough. You know, maybe we're not confident uh, in our ability uh, to cook. Uh, I'm not. I think I would burn Vegemite, uh, Vegemite sandwich. Um, maybe we're not, um, you know, maybe we feel like, oh, the state of my home, like, it's just not good enough to have people over or to be able to host people. Or perhaps even we're not confident in ourselves. Like, oh, I'm not really that great at getting to know, you know, other people. So in this sermon series, we've been focusing on a lot of things. And hospitality, I think, is really key because hospitality, uh, in some ways, is the platform or the arena um, in which we actually encourage and love other people. And my aim is to this morning to encourage you that hospitality is not this great unreachable feat, but it's for everyone, it's for all of us. And it's much more than just entertaining um, or you know, cultivating your little friendship group. The Bible has a lot to say about hospitality. It speaks about hospitality to all kinds of people, including those outside of the church. Uh, now, the series uh, we're, we're looking at is focusing on those um, within the body of Christ, and the passage in particular uh, is focused upon hospitality within the church. But it's important to know that Jesus says, the world will know that you are my disciples by the way you love one another. If we can't be hospitable in our own um, household and get it right there, how are we going to do it uh, in the world? Uh, and it's, as, as you're going to find out, it's not about... Um, 
hospitality is not just about um, making people feel warm and, and fuzzy inside. It's actually about having the space to love people and point them to Christ. So what does hospitality mean and why does it matter um, for us to be hospitable as Christians? Uh, because it really does matter. And what is your attitude towards hospitality? Do you see it in the right way? And do you carry it out? So if you've got your outline there, I hope that'll be helpful as we go um, through the, the sermon. So first we see that the uh, kind of framing all of this uh, as Peter talks, the end is near, so love one another deeply. Uh, Peter is writing to churches in the area of modern-day Turkey, um, and these small churches are spread out all over, and they need encouragement because they're under pressure. Uh, there's hostility uh, and from the local governments, um, just from the local people around them, and when the pressure like that builds, um, when, people, you know, when people are saying you shouldn't be following Jesus, it can be easy for them to crack. And so Peter is writing to them, reminding them of all the wonderful blessings and benefits of what it means to be a Christian. And one of the reminders we get here is that there is the certain return of Jesus. As we see in verse 7, the end of all things is near. Now, what is that referring to? Well, it's the return of Jesus, the resurrected Lord, um, who is coming as the judge of the living and the dead to bring the kingdom of God. Um, throughout that, though those verses we had read out, we saw that Jesus is the judge coming back. And now the challenge for us as Christians is to persevere in that hope. So how are God's people going to respond to the end of all things? Prayer, love, hospitality. Now, I've got to say, this is pretty different to the normal reactions uh, that you get in, you know, uh, the media of predictions of the apocalypse. Uh, when you watch a movie and, you know, some natural disaster or some other big world-ending event, what, 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 what was the time to do? Not to, you know, pray and love each other and show hospitality. No, it's time to panic. It's time to get into your bunker, get your non-perishable foods, get your guns. Normally, they're in America, so, you know, a lot of those on hand, uh, which is very helpful. Um, but the instructions here for Peter are somewhat different, aren't they? It's, it's to keep calm. The Christian framework is different. We think about it differently because we're not dreading the end. We're looking forward to it because this life is not our home. Uh, Jesus says, you have, you have, so Peter says that we've been brought into God's kingdom. Earlier in the letter, he says, you're a chosen people, God's special possession. Yet while that is our future, we're actually not yet home. Uh, Peter says, Early on, that we are strangers and aliens in the world. In a real sense, Christians are a community of refugees, spiritual refugees in the world. We're awaiting our future heavenly home. And, and along the way, there are going to be trials and temptations to knock us off course. And so Peter frames all of this beginning in, in verses 1 and 2 um, by saying, well, you need to serve each other and to serve like Jesus. And secondly, we need to do the will of God rather than going with the old uh, evil desires. And so he lists a whole bunch of things that Christians are no longer to do, that the world does. And now this is what they are to do, knowing that the future is certain. We pick up from verse 7, we see this, we see this. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind, so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply. Because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. The end is near. You know, don't panic and run into your bunker. But love each other deeply. And to love each other deeply means to uh, 
uh, care about each other, to invest in each other. We're more than just mere acquaintances. Uh, the church isn't just, you know, an annual conference where people get together and then go back to their own separate lives. No, we are, in many ways, a family. We've been adopted into God's family together. And so love and then hospitality plays a, a really important function here. Um, it's not just about, you know, making people feel warm and fuzzy, uh, because if people didn't feel welcome or part of the church and they're on the periphery at this time, you couldn't just go down the road uh, to another church down the street. It can be hard to be a Christian um, in a world where we actually, in many ways, we don't really belong. Uh, I have a friend who uh, migrated to Australia from Azerbaijan uh, with his family um, when he was young, and he now works with um, a lot of migrants uh, doing gospel ministry. And he says one of the most difficult things for migrants is that, that when they come here and they don't have a common community or, or culture, they feel isolated. And often it's actually a really big relief when they find someone else um, who shares their background, who shares their native language and traditions. And in some sense, as we wait for our heavenly home, um, it actually matters that we are a part of the church. Uh, it's hard if we're isolated from the church. Uh, and unfortunately, that can happen, can't it? Um, I don't know if you've ever been uh, to, uh, new to a church and you've gone in and then no one um, has spoken to you. Um, I was chatting with someone recently who's been here for a long time um, and they went and visited another church and no one spoke to them and they said, it was the worst. You know, all these people and yet it, it's so cold. And we see that um, in this context in 1 Peter, when the world surrounds you with, you know, alternative communities and ways of life, how can people be expected, you know, to keep stay, you know, to stay um, when they feel like they don't belong? And as I've said, it's not about the woman fuzzies, but about leading people to Jesus. It's all for the sake of love, so that we would grow and encourage each other as God's people together. You know, because if we're going to be, you know, spending eternity together, why not invest in one another now? So, hospitality. Uh, if you've got your outline there, we're going to look at first at what hospitality is not. Um, because these might be some of the traps or images that actually distort the biblical picture of hospitality. Uh, and they can be unhelpful for two reasons. First, uh, because they can be roadblocks or barriers to us thinking that we should or can be hospitable. Secondly, we can deceive ourselves into thinking we are hospitable when really there are other motives on display and really it's not hospitality, it's more like entertaining or self-promotion. So, first we see that hospitality is different from entertaining. Now, entertaining really, um, if you kind of put it down to it, is about the event itself. You know, the classic entertaining thing is a dinner party where everyone is invited, you know, and comes and has a fun time. But the difference between hospitality and entertaining is, as I've said, it's about the event itself, success and failures me me like measured by that. So did the event go well or was it you know, a failure? Was there a bit of a, a mess or were things clean? Uh, hospitality, it's about engaging the needs of other people. Secondly, hospitality is not self-promotion. Uh, it's not about, about us putting a, ourselves or our lives or our homes on display to impress. Um, it's not about showing off your clean house cooking skills or your children's good behaviour or even to you know, climb social ladders, but it's for the good of the people in your company. Thirdly, hospitality is not perfectionistic. Uh, I remember one of the things that I dreaded most as a kid 
was when I was told we were having guests over. Ugh. You know why? Because I knew that the house had to be cleaned. It's going to be a big old clean, and there I was doing all these tasks, and mum and dad running around stressing. Oh, I hated it. Um, now, it's not bad to clean your house, but when that becomes, you know, and presenting that kind of perfect view becomes so important, it really can become a barrier to having people over because you think if my house is not perfectly clean or in order or if the kids are, you know, running around doing their thing, um, how can I have, you know, people over? How can I be hospitable? Fourthly, hospitality is not exclusive. Uh, Jen Wilkin, American author, she says, hospitality and something like entertaining, they actually will look the same. So how do you really tell the difference? Well, it's motive, isn't it? And the difference, part of the difference is by who has been invited there. Uh, I don't know if you like watching, you know, Downton Abbey or you like reading Jane Austen novels. Um, you know, when the lords or ladies are having a dinner party, who do they invite? You know, other lords, other distinguished guests. Uh, probably not old Joe Smith, the farmer. He's probably not getting an invitation. But hospitality is not about just our friendship group that we love and want to have over, where it's, you know, the circle is closed. Uh, Entertaining is all about who am I most comfortable with? Who do I want there? Hospitality is who can I love? Who can I serve? It's not bad to have quality time friends, but biblical hospitality is more than that. Finally, hospitality is not loveless duty. Uh, the attitude that's on display matters, as we see in verse 9, because it says, don't grumble. Presumably, um, sometimes hospitality is going to be hard. Uh, you may know that at that time there was a, a, a kind of a code of hospitality. Uh, you kind of can still see it if you go to certain, um, if you go to someone's house who you know who's from the Middle East um, or from the Mediterranean. Like what's going to happen if you go to their house and they invite you over? You're going to get you're going to get food. Doesn't matter what time of day. I, I just remember going over to my friend's place. Always going to get food uh, because there was this kind of obligation. So you can imagine that. While there was this obligation, sometimes it wouldn't be super convenient, so you could easily fall into, into grumbling. But there may be times when we are having people over or inviting people over and we just feel tired or worn down or joyless and like, why? Why am I doing this? Um, but I wonder if those false definitions or those barriers, they speak to your experience. I imagine uh, for many of us, a hospitality might still sound difficult or uncomfortable. But the heart of hospitality is not about the entertaining or the event. It's about the people. It's about welcoming people into your life. And I think we learn hospitality first and foremost from God. Our God is a hospitable God. If we reflect upon God's attitude of love towards us even for a moment, I think that would transform our attitude towards hospitality. You look at the life of Jesus. You really see this on display. Who does Jesus welcome and open himself up to? All kinds of people, you know, from the important and the rich in society to the, the lowly and the outcasts. And he's not self-interested. He seeks to know people, to engage with them, to love them, you know, sometimes to rebuke them, um, but all for the, you know, the sake of caring for them. And even more than this, uh, Jesus welcomes us, sinners, strangers to God, into fellowship with God. Uh, one of my favourite hymns is Come Thou Fount, uh, and this is just a verse that I love, uh, which speaks to this. It says, Jesus sought me when a stranger, wandering from the fold of God, he to rescue me from danger, 
interposed his precious blood, which means he puts his blood, um, shares it for us so that we can know God. For who would be invited to God's party when you really think about it? I mean, it's not going to be me. I'm not a very important person. And yet God welcomes us in, not for any merits or worthiness in us, but because of what Jesus has done. Even more so when Jesus is talking to his uh, disciples before he dies, he says, I am going away to prepare rooms for you in my father's house, which is to say, I am making eternal life ready for you. That is the God that we worship, a God who has loved us deeply. And if you know that and you know that he has loved other Christians deeply, then we've got to love each other. And that involves hospitality. So we'll keep coming back to that as our motivator. It all starts there. So how to be hospitable? Well, it's one thing for us to be the people of God and to say all are welcome here. It's actually another thing to, to live it out, isn't it? Talk on its own is cheap. Uh, and in this passage, the word hospitality is uh, literally means stranger love. But hospitality, it's about seeking to welcome others into your life. The attitude's about being open to others so you can engage them and serve them as fellow believers. Now, in the context of this passage, um, it would often involve you know, food and shelter, or for Christians who were travelling in, no real hotels around that time, you know, putting Christians, putting Christians up in your homes. But it's also just for the day-to-day -day, um, life as well. So a couple of things that we see about hospitality. First, I think we see that hospitality is to be offered by all. Uh, it's not an optional extra that you sign up to, like a church roster. Uh, hospitality is not just the purview of the few who have skills in cooking or have large houses or extroverts. No, it involves all of us, you know, men and women, married and single people, uh, adults and youth. And the aim for all of us is that uh, this place would be a place that is warm and welcoming, whether someone is new and walking through the door for the first time, whether someone is has been a Christian and has moved to our, our church, or whether someone is a long-time Christian here and maybe is on the periphery for whatever reason. Openness is being a part of the family. Um, and it begins, as I've said, when it walk, we walk into church. You know, who is around? Who can we talk to and say hello to? Who can I speak to afterwards? But obviously, hospitality also goes beyond just the Sunday gatherings because life does. So it goes into small groups. And it goes into those informal gatherings. And I think at this point we have to sometimes push back against um, Australian culture uh, when it comes to individualism, which is all, I would say, generally seems to be kind of closed off, where we associate with people uh, that we want to, uh, when we want to, in a matter that is convenient for us. But hospitality, it, it can look like many different things, um, I think. It, 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 back then it was food and shelter, um, but it can be different for our own context, is how can we use the, the space and opportunity to love people well? Uh, now, sometimes we're going to be the recipients of hospitality, and sometimes we're going to be those uh, who give it. Because the modern world is searching for community. Uh, people are waiting for their place, I think, a lot of the, a lot of the time, to, to have that perfect group where they'll belong, that will fill their needs. You know, everyone is seeking to be found by that group that you know, does it all. But not necessarily, not necessarily everyone is seeking to create a community um, because that's what hospitality does. Community is actually the, the byproduct that comes along the way with love. So 
it may be that maybe you're feeling a little bit disconnected from church. And it can be sometimes that we just need to be bold and offer hospitality to others. Now, it's not just on the the people who are feeling disconnected to offer hospitality. In fact, I think people who are well-established have even more obligation to, you know, to be looking out for others. But I think sometimes if we're feeling a little bit disconnected, we might be thinking, well, who, you know, are other people really going to want to, you know, spend time with me or, um, yeah, or want to, want to hang out together. But really, it actually, sometimes, you know, you've got you to be the change that you want to see. And so if somebody, hospitality is a two-way street. So if somebody offers you hospitality, if they invite you for coffee or for dinner, then if it's appropriate, please, can I encourage you to be receptive to other people's hospitality? It may be that the person is actually trying to connect with you, so don't, you know, give them a maybe or wait around for a better offer. Um, Seek as much as you can to to engage with them. Secondly, hospitality is inclusive and servant-hearted. It overcomes group boundaries. I think one of the big challenges that can come, especially when you've been at church for a long time, is that you are well integrated uh, and you become comfortable and content and that, you know, that good thing, being well integrated, can actually become a hindrance to hospitality because, the, you know, the friendship group becomes closed. But that's precisely the opposite of what hospitality is supposed to be. It's not closed. It's meant to be open and looking out to who's out there. Now, you can have, of course, close friendships. Um, but, you know, don't be tempted to be defensive about your community. Seek to welcome other people into that. So how can you be open to people? who aren't necessarily like you, uh, or even in the same stage of life. Uh, The remarkable thing about Christian fellowship is that it can transcend those normal boundaries um, that separate us, the people who look like us or the same age. You know, if you're married, maybe hospitality is not just, you know, finding other married couples. Look out for those people who are single, invite them over. Uh, When I was a younger single person, I greatly benefited from being invited um, to spend time with a Christian family. Uh, A, because it was a really just different experience to hang out with my other friends, and B, because I didn't really kind of come from a Christian family per se, and watching the way they interacted and the way um, they, you know, treated their kids was actually a real blessing to me and opened up my eyes to um, things that I, you know, wanted to do and put into practice. Um, It's actually really good uh, for different people to be mixing together. So who can you seek to love? Is there a person you don't know that well? Catch up with them for a coffee. Be open with your invitations on the individual and on the group level. And like when it comes to the attitude, um, being servant-hearted. Hospitality can involve a measure of sacrifice. Um, The fact you want to grumble means it's it's not always going to be something you inherently want to do. Um, Maybe it does involve getting your home a bit messy, you know, or maybe it's a bit tiring and inconvenient. Um, but, you know, we, we pray and we trust here that God will give us the strength, um, you know, to be able to love and to care for others. And perhaps you might even find it hard to be hospitable to certain people uh, for whatever reason. Uh, maybe find them difficult to talk to or, or whatever. But you know what? You and I actually aren't that lovely. But God loved us and welcomed us. So we should be willing to welcome others.
And so hospitality uses what we have to love and to serve others. So maybe you do have a big home um, or you're, you're a great cook and you can use that to love people abundantly, but you don't need those things to be hospitable. You can channel what God has given you to creatively engage with other people. Love is entrepreneurial. Um, if you don't like cooking, you know, just get takeout. Um, get takeout. Or don't cook at all. Just have a coffee or yeah, do some activity together. Go for a walk or meet at the park for a catch-up. Go um, help someone in their, in their garden. Uh, there was even a case um, I was listening to um, Someone's talking about some missionaries who came home and they didn't really have a kind of a place to stay, per se. And what they did was they actually invited themselves over to somebody else's place and to use their kitchen to serve them and offer hospitality in their own house. And they said it was a lovely, marvellous thing. Like, there are many ways which we can offer hospitality to each other. Uh, the attitude maybe of lowering our standards, both for the sake of um, not having that as a barrier for us hospita giving hospitality, because it's not about achieving a certain standard. Um, because we're not putting up a front of perfection, are we? We're engaging people in, in real life because our real life is messy um, and sometimes hard. And I, I really appreciate when Jess mentioned that before at the start. Um, I used to be kind of embarrassed when I'd have my sister have people over for coffee and my kids would be like screaming. <laughs> they just always find that time in the afternoon to scream. Um, but really, it, that doesn't matter. Um, it's actually about welcoming people into our lives. Now, we all have different capacities. I think the passage acknowledges that. And for some of us, relationships can be hard. Not all of us are, you know, social butterflies. Uh, some of us may feel anxiety. But you can work out where the opportunities are for you to love and to know others. Maybe you are shy uh, and you find it hard to, you know, meet new people. Well, maybe if you, you know, get alongside a friend who you know well, and go and, and talk to, you know, talk to that, uh, that other person or invite them together. So, you know, maybe that's one way you can do that. Maybe we, we, we might find ourselves thinking that we're, we're too busy. Well, to that I can say, you know, perhaps um, there may be truth. Sometimes life does get overwhelming. But it also might be sometimes there are things that we need to sacrifice that stop us from being hospitable. So I guess the question is, what do you have to give in order to engage and love other people? And what barriers do you have to overcome? So to conclude, God has called us to love one another deeply while we await the return of the Lord Jesus. He has loved us deeply and welcomed us into his kingdom. So hospitality for us should be a joy as we seek to welcome and invest in other people. We want this church and this community to be a place that is warm, don't we? Uh, not cold, like the, the party I experienced, where people um, at any stage of the Christian life are welcomed so that we can actually be growing uh, together and actually all the aims of serving each other can really take place. So in one sense, it's really a, um, a simple sermon. You know, be hospitable because God calls us to. Why don't I pray um, that God would help us in this endeavour? Heavenly Father, we do thank you that uh, you have loved us so abundantly in your Son, Jesus. Uh, that while we are not worthy um, to be in your presence because of our sin, that he came for us to love us and to save us by shedding his precious blood for us. And Lord, we, we thank you that uh, we now are your chosen people and we are looking forward to our heavenly home. 
And Lord, we do pray that you would help us, therefore, to love each other deeply, to see one another as you see us, and that with that would come opening our, our lives to one another, of sharing with each other, uh, being real with each other. We pray that you would help us to be creative um, and thoughtful, that you would help us to see uh, and look out for the needs of others and to see who needs um, who's out there who needs to be cared for. And we do pray that this would be a, a place um, where we do really care and love each other so that the world might see that we are your disciples. And we pray all this in your son Jesus' name. Amen.